Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded and expects to hit 6 million listens by the end of July 2023. We're celebrating this success by recognizing those who have shared the journey with us and giving them the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing success of the shows. By buying a paper copy of the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a donation to help the ongoing running costs, members of the international Italian wine community will be given the chance to nominate future guests and even enter a prize draw to have lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. To find out more, visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! For all the super wine geeks out there, we have a special new series dedicated to you. We are reading excerpts from our new edition of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0. Wine lovers, tune in for your weekly fix only on Italian Wine Podcast. If you want to own a copy of this new must-read Italian wine textbook, just go to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Lazio. Historical background. Lazio is a strategically important region, not only because of its geographical position in the center of Italy, but also because it was the crossroads of different cultures and the epicenter of the vast Roman Empire that shaped the rest of Europe and beyond. The first evidence of vine cultivation in the region, known as Latium, the ancient homeland of the Latins, is to be found to the north of the Tiber River in the historical region of Tusha, which was influenced by the Etruscan people who brought viticulture to all the territories they came into contact with. In this region, the Etruscans used live training techniques, training the vines, usually four, to grow around and up elm and maple trees that grew at the perimeters of fields and well cultivated with other crops. The southern area of Latium was more influenced by the Greek colonies that had settled in Campania from the 8th century BC. The Greek colonizers were heirs to a vine-growing tradition that featured bush-trained forms of cultivation with wooden stakes. Substantial differences survived the centuries during the Roman Empire even after Rome fell under the spell of Greek culture, which, along with the various Olympian divinities, also brought Dionysius, the Greek god of wine, who became known as Bacchus in Roman mythology. The cult of Bacchus deeply penetrated Roman social life, to the point that wine was used not only for enjoyment in Bacchanals, but also for sacrificial and mystical purposes. Pierluigi Pisani Barbacciani, in his text La Vite e l'Uomo, Storia, Cultura, Scienza, states that the Romans, in their relations of political, economic, and cultural encounter and clash with the Etruscans, learned wine-growing techniques from the time to the first kings. Following the conquest of Latium and the end of the Punic Wars, the Romans took their wine-growing practices and techniques with them wherever they went. With the crisis of the 3rd and 4th centuries AD, wine production in Latium and Campania, the Roman Empire's most active regions, first declined, then faced extinction. Several factors were involved in this decline, including the development of Latifundia, 
large agricultural estates, the outsourcing of labor to slaves, a severe monetary crisis, barbarian invasion, political and administrative disorder, and insecurity in the countryside. Conditions were so unfavorable, not only for viticulture, but for agriculture more generally, that many farmers were forced to uproot their vineyards simply to avoid paying taxes and their vines and grapes, compelling Emperor Theodosius to impose the death penalty on anyone who cut down vines or caused a tree to die. In the following centuries, it was only thanks to the dedication of the monks of the Benedictine, Camaldolese, and Cistercian orders that viticulture survived. It is no coincidence that the areas with the greatest cultivation of vines and the greatest consumption of wine corresponded with the geographical areas in which there was the most significant Christian penetration. Between the end of the Middle Ages and the beginning of the Renaissance, a bourgeois viticulture emerged, stimulated by those merchants who, having grown rich through trade, now invested in viticulture and in agriculture. An expanding population and the, the increased purchasing power of the bourgeois class, from whom wine was a symbol of status and wealth, combined to stimulate a steady expansion in overall wine consumption. Towards the end of the Middle Ages, two cultural and economic hubs provided the driving forces for the development of viticulture in central Italy that will later represent the centers of the birth of the Renaissance itself, the Papal Court, and the Tuscan municipalities, in particular Florence, Siena, and Lucca. In fact, Rome and the Papacy extended their political and administrative influence over the central regions of Italy, including Latium, Umbria, Marche, and Romagna, while the Tuscan municipalities represented the benchmark for agriculture and especially viticulture, as demonstrated by the famous fresco cycle, Allegoria ed Effetti del Buono e Cattivo Governo, the allegory of good and bad government, by Ambrogio Lorenzetti in Siena, as well as in the numerous works published by the Roman Curia. During the same period, an important wine-growing tradition developed in the Castelli Romani, thanks to the fertility of the volcanic soils around the lakes of Albano and Neni. Geomorphology Lazio is a region located in the center of Italy, with the Tyrrhenian Sea to the west. It borders Tuscany to the northwest, Umbria to the north, Marche to the northeast, Abruzzo and Molise to the east, and Campania to the southeast. The region is characterized by a remarkable variety of landscapes, being 54% hilly, 20% flat, and the remaining part mountainous. The climate also follows the automatic variability of the terrain, ranging from 9 to 10 degrees in January to 24-25 degrees in July, with rather little rainfall in the northern coastal area, while it is more abandoned in the southern and mountainous areas. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local foods, and taking in the scenery.
Now, back to the show. In the Apennine zone, located in the inland part of the region and on the border with Labruzzo, the climate is more continental, especially in the mountains. Wine production is centered around the hilly strip that, geologically, is covered by the deposits that emerge from the numerous volcanic areas present throughout the region. These include Monte Vossini and Lake Bolsena, the volcanic area of Vico Volcano, the Monte Sabatini and Lake Bracciano, the Colli Albani, and finally the Monte Cimini. The entire vine-growing area of Lazio can be subdivided into four belts. The volcanic hilly belt, the inland sedimentary belt, rich in inter-mountain basins, the Apennine reliefs, with their calcareous soils and local volcanic coverings, and the coastal hilly belt and reclaimed areas of the Maremma of Lazio and the Pontine countryside. The former includes the Aleatico di Graduli DOC Appalachian, with its ample amphitheater of volcanic rocks surrounding Lake Bolsena. The large volcanic edifice of Monte Fiascone, not far from Viterbo, in the southern part of this lake, is also an area of some importance, with very rich and fertile soils where Trebbiano and Malvasia grapes are cultivated. To the northwest, on the remains of the ancient Latium volcanic complex, is the Frascati dock area, and on its slopes, between Albano and the plains, is the Marino DOC Appalachian, on soils that benefit from a western exposure and on which Malvasie, Trebbiani, Bellone, and Bobino are grown. In the second zone, the inland sedimentary hilly belt north of Rome, there is a wine-growing area bordered to the east by the Tiber Valley and the Monte Sabatini, which are characterized by the Colli della Sabina DOC Appalachian. Between Sora and Cassino stretches the wide basin of the Valle di Comino, and the southern edge of which is Atina, which gives its name to the denomination of the same name, where grape varieties such as Cabernet, Merlot, and Shiraz are grown. Moving on the Apennine foothills, the Cesanese DOC vine-growing area rests on the carbonate platform that also includes the northwestern offshoots of the Monti Ernici and Monti Affilani, and the whole area is made up of the typical red lateritic soils and the trishes of limestone accumulations. Below 400 meters above sea level, the soils consist of sandstone with volcanic tufts erupted from the Latium volcano Colli Albani. In this area, with reddish brown soils, Cesanese Comune and Cesanese da File are cultivated which are characterized by pergola training. Finally, the fourth area, the coastal hilly strip to the north of Rome, where white varieties are mostly cultivated, includes the coastal strip and the area derived from the reclamation of the marshes between Tarquinia and the Tiber Delta, where the Cerveteri DLC appellation also extends. 
Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cheat, cheat.